For the record, y'all, we're back. The week after we last put out an episode. That is amazing. Right back at it. That's what I'm talking about. My name is Josh Andrews. I'm Michael Andrews. And this is the Paternal Instinct Podcast. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. We got some 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 heavy topics, some light topics, some um some kids saying foul language. And we'll get all into that in this episode. Now wait, wait, wait. So I went back and I listened to our last podcast. It's been bothering me since I since we posted it. I was talking about like you flat out asked me, do you judge other parents? And I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> I don't you feel I don't like judge guilty conscience right now. Yeah, so what happened was I was talking about something completely di- like I answered the question and didn't think to elaborate on it. When I say I'm judging parents, I don't judge people on how they raise their children, even though that's what it sounded like I was doing that whole se- segment. When I say I'm judging parents, because there's different there's different methods to raising children, whether you discipline them or you don't, your timeouts versus spankings and all that. I don't care about that. When I say I'm judging other parents, what I'm talking about is whether or not I would feel safe with them watching my children. Because that's, that's but doesn't that different. come down to all those things you were talking about? Discipline, not. how they raise their kid and all that stuff? No, not at all. Why I have not? people, I know plenty of people who I would trust watching my children and they have to get their kids the best of the best of like material things. Like the car seat can't have anything less than a five star rating out of five stars. Like I know plenty of parents who are like that. Where on the other hand, I know parents who are like, it's a car seat, it works, my kids are safe. I trust them just the same watching my children based off of the behaviors I see them uh, exhibit. It's not about, it's not about, oh, your kid is really, really misbehaved. It's not about that. It's not about, like, when I say I'm judging, this is, this is why it's, like, hard to explain. <laughs> okay, so look, so, Mike, you coming over my house for the first time, and you've never met me or my wife, and Easton and Derek are on a play date. Walk me through how this goes. Walk me through how it goes physically, like you guys sitting down in our living room talking, and then also what's going through on in your head. You want to know because like, because in your head is where you're in head is where you in your head is where you're making the judgments. I think you're trying to distinct uh, make a distinction between judging someone and making judgments, right? No, no, no. I I don't think so because I don't care what people do and how they do with their children. I want to know if I. If I would feel safe with my child being there. We were talking about, like, last episode was specifically, like you said, the play date and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But when we got there, the mom was like, oh, you can leave your child here if you want. Even though we had just walked in. No, I'm not doing that. And then even after getting to know her, I'm still not willing to leave my child there because of some of the things that she said that could happen. And I'm not I'm not beat for that. And it's yeah, not for those who didn't hear last week's conversation, last week's go back episode, and listen to it. go back and give it a listen. There were some some very interesting things that happened, and it all started with Mike's son getting his first phone number from a girl, Which and then it turned date. into play date. pants off and craziness. <laughs> but yeah, so it's not that she like I I can look at that woman and I honestly don't believe that she disciplines her daughter a lot, but that doesn't mean that she wouldn't be safe there. You get what I mean? My my children wouldn't be safe there. That's not it. It's like. Mike, you had a week to think about this, and you still can't even get your thoughts. Because that's how much it bothered me that I said I judge people. I don't. Ju- you can raise your child however you want. I don't care. But for example, you asked us about flu shots, and I was like, "No, we don't do that." You were like, "We're definitely doing that." That means you guys can't see my son during the winter. <laughs> like that, that came straight out your mouth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean that I wouldn't feel safe with my children being left with you and your wife. That has nothing to do with it. When I say I'm judging someone, that's the one little thing that I'm judging. Everything else is just hearsay because it's different personalities, different strokes for different folks. But I need to know if my children are going to be safe with you. That's what I'm worried about. And if yeah, you so you're making a your judgment. Child, you're making a judgment call on whether you feel safe with your kid there without you. Yes. You're making a judgment call on this other parent's ability to keep your kid safe and return him back to you with all limbs. Yes. But it's still a judgment that you're making because yeah. you're not you're not there every second of the day saying this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad. What you're saying is from this little slice of your life that I've observed, I feel safe or I don't feel safe. 
Right. I could have. We could have walked in that house, and that little girl could have been drawing on the wall, and the mother would have turned around and been like, "Oh my goodness, what are you doing?" One, she's seven years old. Two, we just got here. She was already doing that. What weren't you paying attention to? <laughs> so right then and there, boom, my child is never staying here with just you. There's no mm-hmm. telling what they would be doing. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She could be well-disciplined and all that, and the girl could have slipped up for just a second. I'm judging that right there, and my child can't stay with you by themselves. They can't. I think that you're getting caught up over the, the word judge because it has such a negative connotation these days. People say, don't judge me, or I'm judging you. Only God can judge me, and you can't say anything about it. But you really are judging this person. You're, you are making a decision based on the evidence given to you. I'm not judging character. But I'm you judging are judging behavior. the parent. I'm judging parenting. Maybe. Yeah, see? Now, what you just said is what you tried to get away from at the beginning of the segment. Yeah, so just, it is. Just, just let it go and just admit to yourself that you judge parents. I judge parents, Mike, and I haven't even brought Easton to somewhere for a play date. I no, look because... at I look at the way a parent, uh, I don't know, the food they give their kid, the yes. way they say yes or no to their kid, the way that they they pay attention to their kid when they're being all annoying. Dad, 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 dad. I take all of that in, and I judge this person as a person. The way that the way that you're afraid to say you do, the way that you're afraid to say you don't judge them, I fully judge the person based on how they treat their kid and based on how right, they that, act when their kid's around. That's exactly what I'm saying. I don't I don't care about what they feed their child. Like I don't I don't care no, about I, that. I don't care about what they feed their child either. I just see it and then I store that in my head and say, okay, I see how I know who you are now, or I can put you in this box, or I can put you in that box. But see, why is that relevant? If you if you only feed your child organic stuff versus me who I'm I'm making this up, I give my kids Cheetos every day. What difference mm-hmm. does that make? Doesn't mean that your child is any less safe. It doesn't. And it doesn't mean that I wouldn't let Easton play with your kid. It just lets me know that this is what box to put you in. So that way down the line, if something not something happens, but let's say, I don't know, Easton comes back and say, Hey dad, we had a we had dinner and we played and whatever. So now I'm thinking, okay, is, did that dinner consist of Cheetos? Seven bags of Cheetos? Because <laughs> that's what I have to think about when right. Easton comes back. I'm not saying you're a bad father. I'm not saying don't give my kid Cheetos. I'm saying I need to know that what he considered dinner that night was Cheetos because normally he has, I don't know, a square meal or something like that. Right. And it's still not even, – even if dinner was Cheetos, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't send it back over to your house. Right. It's just right. so that way I can have an understanding of the kind of experience that Easton would have with you or with your kid. Right. No, I, I get and I'm not saying. afraid I, to say that I do that. I, and I'm pretty sure that most parents would say that they do the same thing. They kind of they want to understand what their kids' experience is like even when they're not there. That's why you see parents always tr- trying to drag a full conversation out of these kids, and they just want to say one thing and, run, and then run right. players and tours, you know? Yeah, how was school today? It was fine. Exactly. You when you say that, you yep. want him to say, well, first period I did all my homework and I got a star, and second, second period I met a new yeah. friend. You want to hear all that stuff. But you mm-hmm. can't. So that's why you you talk to the teachers during parent-teacher conferences so you can understand what it's going to be like in their class. And you look at right. the syllabus when you have a chance. So that way you can say, when they say they have no homework and you know that they do have homework, you can understand their experience even though you weren't there. That's the so kind long of story. Go ahead. Long story short is you don't want to admit that you do all those things because you're on wax right now. Long story short, I don't judge y'all the way y'all think I do. I don't judge y'all the way I think I do. But I'm judging y'all. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, least, man. Let's go ahead. Let's at jump least you can admit episode. to yourself that you're judging. Yeah. And whatever way, whatever way makes you feel safe and secure with your own fatherhood, <laughs> you judge that way. Just know that if you like, oh, your kids can come over for a sleepover, and I'm like, mm-mm, you did something. <laughs> <laughs> well, since since last episode, I had a little bit of little. Try that again. I had a little bit of things to think about. Um, January 8th is a big day in, in the Andrews household and in this household because, as some of you might know who listened to the first episode or just know me personally, uh, Seema and I suffered a pregnancy loss. And January 8th was the due date 
for the first pregnancy. And whenever the day comes around, it's the day that it's it's a a whirlwind of emotion, you know. We're happy that we experienced this utter joy and it's sad that we didn't get to live it all the way through. Right. And you kind of want to share it with people, but that's not something you, you really share with people, you know. And it always makes me think about this really um, solitary place that I was in as a person mentally when that happened. So I always want to, I like to kind of champion the cause of speaking about pregnancy loss. And what I mean by that is you're not supposed to really talk. They always tell you don't say to anyone other than your really, really close people that you're pregnant. And you don't do it until the first trimester is over. Or you don't do it until whatever day that the doctor says you should do it. Right. And the reason that they say that is because pregnancy loss is way more um, common than people know about. So they don't want you to to announce to the world on your Facebook feed and your Instagram timeline that you're going to have a kid only to a month later has they let everyone know that you're not pregnant anymore. Right. But the re- the since you're not supposed to talk about it for that first three months, if you do suffer a pregnancy loss like we did, no one knows that you're pregnant. So you can't go up to someone and they say, oh, hey, how you doing? Um, I'm really sad because I lost my baby. Right. It just doesn't happen that way because that rule insulates you from the outside world. So when when we found out that we lost our baby, it was just my my immediate family. And then after like I don't know a day or two, I called you up for some advice or for how, how to deal with things. Do you and, remember? Do you remember how you started that conversation? Uh, I don't think so. It was the most, and I'm 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 really really sorry to cut you off. No, no, but I'll never ever forget it. That you called me, and I was like, "Hello," and there was like a a pause. I heard you, I heard you sniff, and you were like, "Does it ever get any easier?" I had, I I felt like I had no idea what you were talking about because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. But then, like, all at the same time, like I knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah, like it was like, but. Does it ever get any easier? That's all you said. That's not, <laughs> hey, hello, how are you? Are you busy? Like, does it ever get any easier? All right, I'm sorry. You can go ahead. But, like, I'm, I'm never going to forget that. <laughs> well, I mean, that was that was the thing. Like, I had, I don't know, maybe it was, like, three or four days that I called you. And for those three or four days, I didn't talk to anyone outside of my immediate family or Seema's immediate family. And then I was like, okay, I think I can call Mike. And I think Mike would be able to give me some perspective or something. And I even thought about, okay, I, I'm going to say hi. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. And the, this was the first chance I got to speak to someone outside of the immediate family. And I just couldn't say anything other than get right to the point. Right. But the problem is people who adhere to the rule of don't say anything by, until the first trimester is over, They're again, they're, like I said, they're left stuck in this world by themselves. So the point of what I'm trying to say is I think – that rule is kind of hurting people's ability to talk to anyone about their about their their issue. Their I don't right. know how to say it without sounding insensitive, but speak freely. It's just the, the moral of what I'm trying to say is if you suffered from pregnancy loss, not you particularly, Mike, but I'm saying in general, if you're listening to this and you suffered a pregnancy loss, or if down the road you suffer a pregnancy loss and you feel the same the same way that I can't talk to anyone and no one's going to be able to understand what I'm going through. I'm here for you. Whether you know me, whether you don't know me, hit me on Facebook, hit me on Instagram, leave a comment somewhere on this on this podcast. I'm here for you and I want to I want you to talk to me or I want you to be able to talk to someone. And even if you don't think you can talk to anyone around you about it, I will talk to you about it. I know that right. when we, uh, Seema's doctor during the pregnancy, I think they saw how hard it hit us. So they tried to start up a, um, a support group. And the first 
couple times. There was a couple of people there. And then it ended up just becoming Sima and I going back every week or every however long, however often it was. And for me, it was like therapy to to be able to sit there and talk to someone who had right. experienced it. The, the person who led the group had experienced it multiple times. And to hear other people's stories, kind of put it in perspective of of the fact that, okay, this happened to her 20 years ago, but it still hurts. So I I don't I shouldn't feel bad for it being a month and it still hurts, you know? Right. It's just it felt good to be able to have someone who I can speak to who understood it and didn't try to make the issue about themselves. Right. So when you were going to these things, like did they did they make it clear that it's not supposed to get easier or it's not supposed to be something that you forget about? Well, the good thing about it is they never, it wasn't like a therapy session in the sense that they see me at point A and they wanted to get me to point Z. It was more like, let's talk about this. Let's get these feelings out because they also experienced the, uh, the insulation, the fact that they couldn't talk to anyone about it. And they don't, they didn't want Sima and, and, uh, and myself to feel that way. So that's why we right. kept going back to these things so we could have these outlets, so we could explore the feelings and unpack the, the different things that we were thinking about. So they, they wasn't trying to say it's, it's not going to get any, I mean, it will get better or it won't get better. But what Seema and I realized was this happened to her years ago. And she's right. um, she's a, a like fully she, she's fledged human true. being, right? She's got a job, she's got kids, she's got a family, she's happy. Right. So maybe right now we feel a certain way. And in that moment, you kind of feel bad for even thinking about feeling better in the future, you know, because right. this thing hits you so hard. How could I ever experience joy again? But to see these people who have experienced it and then built a family of their own or experienced it and still to this day, they were crying about it 20, 30 years ago. So right. it, it gave perspective on both ends that it's not going to get any easier, but it's also not going to haunt you you know right you will yeah. feel better at some point yeah and i could tell like it's it's still an emotional thing for you guys like so did you guys like do anything in particular like yeah so or, what if yeah, you don't we do if we, you don't want to share i mean i get it yeah we, we mark we mark the day and it's something that i, I kind of am 50 50 about like, putting it on social media one because right. it's, this is like something that we do as a family but also by putting it out there, that's what I said before about people can now know that I experienced and they can come to me. But I decided that I'm not going to take any pictures or video of this little thing that we do because I'll just keep that between us. Right. But the thing, I think that I like about us, our plan is to do it every single year on that day, is that when Easton is old enough to understand, we'll be able to tell him, yes, this is what we experienced. Because a lot of times... When you talk to someone about it, let's let's say down the road, I mean, I'm sure you probably went through the same thing. You say, we, we experienced this miscarriage, we experienced X, Y, and Z, and someone says, oh, I did too, or my mom did too, or I was the oldest, but there were two before me. And that, right. that those stories never come up until they're prompted. Until someone, right. So I want to try to make our story a story that can be the prompt for other people to get right. those feelings out. So, I mean, hopefully Easton will grow up understanding that my family experienced a pregnancy loss. And then if for some reason Easton experiences the same thing, he knows his entire life we've we've celebrated the life of our first. And he knows he can come speak to us about it. Right. I get that. That's cool. And, like, and so to, to try to turn this thing around a little bit. So when we when we lost our twins, because they were the furthest along, that was the one that hit me the, the hardest. Mm -hmm. And we actually had to, like, bury them because they were born. They lived for a couple of hours and all that. So, like, I drive past that cemetery at least four times a week because it's, like, not it's not on my way to work, but we have stops that are right on that street. Mm -hmm. So I go, I go by sometimes. My wife, to my knowledge, still hasn't been. And she said to me once or twice, I want to go, I want to go. But I just don't want to take her over there unless she like really insists mm -hmm. because, and I'm treating her the way I would want to be treated. 
Like, I don't want her to be reminded of the sadness type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what? But at the same time, I feel selfish afterwards. Like, she'll say it and I'll be like, okay, we'll go. And like, I'm hoping she forgets about it. So I don't say anything else to her about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like, I go randomly, you know? So it's like, if she's well, well, okay, the thing is, for, for well, people listening, your wife doesn't drive. So, so she right. wouldn't get there herself, even without you. That's why you feel a bit guilty because because you, you have to take her and you haven't done it yet. Right. And so I don't know if it's like, I don't know if she feels like she has to go, or if she feels if she really sincerely wants to go. Mm-hmm. And that's why I haven't taken her, and that's why I don't bring it up anymore. I feel like if she really wants to go, she'll mention it again, not just once a year. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So and then. The, the thing with how it happened, the dates that it happened on, I, I think we talked about this on the podcast. I'm not sure if uh, we went through all that or not, but they were born on Derek's birthday and our anniversary. So one was born on the 6th, one was born on the 7th of September. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that we ever forget, like happy birthday, boom, or boom, happy birthday, and then happy anniversary boom type of thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's nothing that it, i know for a fact we never we're never going to forget that in particular and that wasn't the only time we lost them but that was the one that hit me personally the hardest yeah and it's like i like i deal with it in my own way and i'm not going to say like i'm happy i'm not happy or anything but i'm not sad or angry or mad like i was mm-hmm. initially like i was in a really really dark place when that happened like probably the worst in my life yeah, you know, I so, I would say the same thing for me. It's the, the the lowest and darkest I've ever felt. Like when when I say dark, like don't talk to me. I don't care about religion. I don't care about spirituality. Like don't come in here and try to be positive to me right now. Like leave <laughs> me alone. Yeah, you know, like that. That's sincerely how I feel. I don't feel that way anymore. Uh, I'm like quite the opposite. Like I'm I'm so grateful for what we have now. You know what I mean? And I feel mm-hmm. like it was a lesson. Like maybe if that didn't work out the way it did. I wouldn't have what I have now type of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, you know, you, you never know how the dominoes would have fallen, but it's just, I, I refuse to be regretful for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, man, I wish this didn't happen. So I, I've learned to appreciate it in my own way. Now, with all that being said, what do you think I should do with my wife? I think you should show her that you care and show her. Cause obviously you've thought about this way more times than she has asked you right so you it's incumbent upon you to say you know what i know that you've been talking about this i know that you wanted to go we got a free day on saturday how about we go down or whatever it is because just as 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 a husband if you have to be told something if she tells you it tells you then it's her reminding you over and over again if you say, you know what, I know you've been thinking about this and you, you're being proactive about it, it'll be more, it'll probably be, it'll probably be um, more special. More meaningful? Yeah, more okay. meaningful. Rather than, I, I reminded you two years in a row, three days, whatever it is, and now let's finally go. But my thing, see, and this is, I'm, I'm with you, and I think that, and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Then I'm like, what if she's over it? She hasn't mentioned it in so long. Why bring her back? Because I remember how dark I was. You get what I'm saying? So I don't know if she was going through that because we didn't like, I knew she was sad. I knew she was affected by it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I made it a point to not let her know how dark I was. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what she was going through internally. So what you, know, you, can, for sure. what you can do is, um, again, maybe it's on a, you, you got to do it on a day where you're not working or you're not like actively engaging something. You can say, right. Hey, baby, I'm going to go. I want to go to the to memorial site. Right. You want to come with me? And if if you don't, then I understand. And if you do, then I'd love to do this together. Right. That way you're going and she has the option to say yes or to say no. If she's over it, she'll let it. She'll say no. If she right. still wants to experience it, she'll go along with you. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think I'll bring that up to her because actually the, the birth dates were around this time of year also. Mm-hmm. So... That'll, well, not the birth dates. What was supposed to be the birth dates? Yeah. So, all right. The um, once um, once we kind of Sima and I got kind of almost on our feet again. We were back to working and we were ready. We were trying to like be normal again. Yeah, I was like, swing of things. Yeah. I decided let's just go 
I booked the trip to like it's a weekend getaway, just so we can do something to get our mind off of things, you know, and kind of escape life for a little bit, escape what we were going right. through for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And as I'm driving up there, I think this is the most relaxed I've felt in a while. This is the most at peace with with life as I've been in a while. And I still can't stop thinking about it. I still can't stop, can't stop thinking about this baby. I can't stop hearing the heartbeat and then remembering the moment um, when I was told that there was no heartbeat. I, I can to this day I can still see what I saw right. and I can still yeah. see the doctor. Um, so anyway, I was I was at peace, but I was still thinking about it, and I said, you know. This is probably telling me that I'm never going to not think about it. I'm never going to not experience it. So I thought, I said to Seema, you know what would be good is maybe I should get a tattoo to kind of commemorate it because commemorate, yeah. it's I'm not going to forget it. And a great way to show that I'm always thinking about it or it's always with me is to put something on me that's always going to be there. Right. So for those of you listening, if you scroll through my Instagram feed, you might see a couple of um, some pictures of on my left forearm. There is a tattoo, and there's there's many layers of meanings that all kind of lead back to the tattoo means life is given, life is sustained, life is taken away, but you have to always keep going, and that's kind of the meaning, the the top layer meaning behind the tattoo that I got to to commemorate. It's kind of like just just to remind me of the lesson that that experience taught me. It's funny. We both kind of um, got something similar, like double meaning, maybe even triple, quadruple meaning yeah. tattoos for the same thing. So that's kind of that's kind of dope. Because, I mean, you you know, like that feeling that you felt it was it was more than just a superficial layer of hurt. It was more than just a superficial layer of, of sorrow. There's it just hit you so deep that. Yeah. There's, yeah, you absolutely. can't just get one symbol that means one thing that reminds you of it. It's it's so many different things. Yep. And it, it changes you as a person and it changes the way you view things. I know it did for me. In fact, um, J. Cole's new album, he's got a song called She's Mine. I think She's Mine Part 2. Right. And it's about his daughter. And on the song, he plays the sound of a heartbeat. And the first time I was listening to the album, I like I was I wasn't ready for it, and I heard the heartbeat, and I, like I was about to start bawling, right. And that that was kind of, that goes back to, when Easton, was um, in the womb, we went to the same um, three month doctor's appointment. I think it was not the doctor's appointment, the one where the one where we found out that we lost the first kid. It was in the same hospital. It was with the same tech. It was with the same doctor. And I was just a wound up ball of emotion <laughs> and tension and everything. Right. And the doctor came back or we she, she put up on the thing and we saw the heartbeat. And just in that moment, the, the sound of that heartbeat was the most beautiful thing I ever heard. It was right. like I could... I, I just started bawling right there. I just right. I, Relax, I was like <laughs> the huffing and puffing and the ugly face and everything. So the technician was probably like, "What is going on?" <laughs> no, like I said, it was the same one. And I guess she looked at the oh, record okay. and she said, "You're we're okay now. This is not like last time. This is she, right." She she knew, and so when I heard the J Cole song, it brought me right back because that was the first time that I, I had heard a heartbeat ultrasound since that moment. Right. Right. And I welled up so fast and my eyes got red. And I'm like, <clears throat> it was just me at home by myself. And I and was still, still didn't want to let it out. Still didn't want to... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the moral of the story is don't let these rules box you into the point where you feel like you can't talk to anyone. This is, right. this is talking to the listeners now. Don't feel like you can't talk to anyone. You can talk to me. You can talk to someone else. You can put it on your Facebook. You can do whatever it is that you want. But don't let these arbitrary so- social rules box you in 
so that way you can't talk to anyone. Because I know why I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone. And it was horrible. It was terrible. It was hard. And I would try to be strong for, for Seema all day long. And then as soon as the day was over, the sun went down and the world got quiet. And I couldn't, I couldn't distract myself with things in the world. I just started bawling because I had no right. one to talk to. Yeah, so, so, I mean, if you guys need to talk to somebody, we're here. Um, you guys can choose who you want to talk to or whatever. I believe we have an email address somewhere, right? Do we, ha- do we have an we actual do. email address? I think it's paternalinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. Right. If you so want to share a story, a, a similar story, or a story that's completely different from ours, let us know. We'd love to get you on the show. We'd love to let people hear your story, too. That's right. So paternalinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. And again, he's Paternal Instinct on Instagram. I am Mr. Underscore Mike Underscore O. Um, there's, there's multiple ways to find us. You guys can definitely use that to your advantage. You know, if you want to share something with us, we're here for you guys. For what God made. Fuck this album shit. Hey, mama, look what God made. She's mine. Catch me. Don't you She's mine Catch me Don't you She's mine Catch me I've fallen in love For the first time I wanna cry And I ain't even trying to fight it Don't wanna die Cause now you're here And I just wanna be Right by your side Welcome back to the Paternal Instinct Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Josh. I'm Mike. We're going to get into something a little bit more lighthearted. I was scrolling <laughs> on my Instagram feed. I think I might have seen it on the, uh, the Explore page. Because it wasn't an a, um, account that I follow. Oh, man. And then I saw this video. <laughs> and Mike is already cracking up with me just saying the video. I sent him the link and I said, we got to talk about this video. So that's it. I'm just going to, this video, this video kind of talks, it shows this one mother's view of what it's like to be a mom of, I think it looks like two kids in the video. (laughs) And it shows, I guess, I guess it shows her struggle. All right. So I'm going to play the video, but listen, (laughs) Shorty is locked in the, in the bathroom. (laughs) She's locked in the bathroom in this video. All right, here. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. She's in the talking bathroom. through it, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen. I... <laughs> here we go. All right. She's in the bathroom. Listen, guys. Dad's out shoveling in the driveway. Mom desperately needed a treat to get through the rest of the night. She's got Twizzlers. So I'm hiding in the pantry. <laughs> the pantry. Eating a treat. Is that wrong? <laughs> she keeps looking back at the door You're like... never go away. They don't ever go away. They want everything you have. She's talking about the kids. Look, look. She's pointing the camera underneath the door. <laughs> it's like a scene from Signs. See? She's always there. The kids peeking Hi. underneath the door. Hi. 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 Yo. <laughs> you have to understand to see her pain, yo. Like, her eyes are so big in the beginning. She's like, they don't ever go away. I'll post this on the on my social on my um Instagram. So if, when you're listening to this, just go to at Paternal Instinct. You can see the video yourself. Can I play it one more time all the way through? I won't. I won't commentate. Let me play it one more time. Yeah. Now that you Let now me... that you gave them an idea of what's going on, we can, you can listen to the the emotion in her voice. You can hear her chewing the snack. Like she's trying to quickly eat the snacks. You can hear her <laughs> like taking bites of the hard licorice and trying to quickly devour it before the kids get to. her. <laughs> Under this door. And when she puts the phone to the bottom of the door so you can see, the kid is laying with the cheek on the floor. Eyeball right in the camera. Like they knew the camera was coming. Like, hey. All right, here. I'm going to play it again. All right, I want you to hear this. Here we go. Listen. Dad's out shoveling the driveway. Mom desperately needed a treat to get through the rest of the night. So I'm hiding in the pantry. Eating a treat. Is that wrong? They don't ever go away. They don't ever go away. They want everything you have. See? She's always there. Hi. 
Hi. Hi. <laughs> she, she's always there. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. So I'm, I'm glad you had a nice little laugh. And I hope everyone listening laughed now. And then you can laugh again when you go to Paternal Instinct on Instagram and see the video. But the reason I want to talk about this is because that video kind of pissed me off. Oh, it pissed you off. That was comedy gold. That video pissed me off. Because only a mom can do that. And it'd be it'd be cool. Could you imagine if it was a man in that closet? Now picture this. The man's like, Mom's over there making dinner, and it's my turn to watch the kid. So I'm gonna hide myself in the man cave and I'm gonna play Madden. These kids always want to be be up around me. And he turns the camera back to the kids like, Daddy, I'm hungry. Right. Am I wrong for wanting to play Madden? I get you. Okay. Okay. See, now... The dad's out there I shoveling snow. Dad's out there literally bent over, shoveling snow off the driveway. All she has to do is watch, be there for the kid. And then she's going to get mad that they want everything you have. Yes, they want everything you have. It's your job to keep the kids alive. It's your job to keep them fed. They want everything you have because that's why you're their parent. We got different perspectives. You're on over this, here bro. talking about, am I wrong? Yes, you're wrong. No, she's not. You're up, you're hiding away from your kid. In in this moment, her sole responsibility is the welfare of their child. Children. Stay safe. In this very moment. She know exactly where they at and what they doing. Those kids are perfectly <laughs> safe. See... You're she, looking at and this. she would be the same one if if it was reversed and she said she came back and <laughs> saw the the dad hiding from the kids tr- trying to eat a snack or whatever. Why are you doing this? What's wrong? Why aren't you watching the kids? <laughs> but when she does it, it's comical and it's so comical you can put it on social media. Listen, let a dad do it and he's all of a sudden, I don't know, derelict of duties. I think I think you're looking at this the wrong way. No, I'm not. Right? And this is because right now you guys only have Easton, all right? <laughs> well, let me tell you, multiple kids, these these dudes are greedy. <laughs> it could be stuff they know they're not allowed to eat. They don't care. They they can be in the middle of eating. You, you guys, we make, we make dinner plates here, mm-hmm. and we give the children the same exact things that we get. Our daughter will literally say, I don't want this. Mommy, I want some of what you got. It's the same thing thing <laughs> when she said but they you know want the difference everything... is mommy is right there to give her the food that she needs mommy was right there to mommy give her wasn't hiding in the, in the pantry <laughs> mommy you wasn't saying leave me alone i'm going upstairs you don't get no i have to listen there are times the children they latch to parents like there's certain like my, right now okay so right now in my house right my youngest daughter has had a fever tomorrow will make a full week that we can't break this fever. Mm-hmm. Taking her to the doctor already. And if, if this fever comes back tomorrow, we got to go to the doctor or hospital again because I'm getting worried. Right? But while she has this fever, she literally, and I'm not I'm not exaggerating at all, she literally only wants to lay on my wife. I can't hold her. She cries. She gets angry. She fights me. The babysitter can't hold her if my wife is here. If my wife isn't here and I'm not here, then she wants to lay on the babysitter. But as soon as my wife comes in, it's right to mommy and she lay there and baby her no matter what is going on. She doesn't want to eat. She doesn't want to drink. Now we get it. She's sick. But I'm using that as an example because children are like that. They get in these moods where they just want mommy and daddy all the time. Kids, go play. We're outside. Okay, we got a backyard here. Go play. No, they want to sit on mommy's lap and look at what mommy's doing in the phone. I get annoyed for my wife. <laughs> we got all this open space opportunity. You got a power wheel. Do you know what I would have done for a power wheel when we lived at grandma's <laughs> house? I would have killed for a power wheel when we lived at grandma's house. Mm-hmm. My kids have power wheels. They got quad bikes. And what they want, they want to sit on mommy's lap and watch music videos that mommy are watching in her phone. And that's what you signed up for when you had a kid. I get that. And it doesn't mean that you can't That's why you don't run break. away. You can't you... run away and eat two Twizzlers? Not while your husband's shoveling snow. Why? If you want to, if you want to run away and eat two Twizzlers, you wait till your husband comes back in and say, "I know you were just out there for a half an hour busting your butt, but I need a minute too." He'll say, "Okay, baby, I'll watch the kids." Then you go get a Twizzler. 
No, listen, listen. Like you said, her 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 priority is to know where those children are, know what they're doing, and make sure they're safe. Those kids were glued to the bottom side of that door. She knew exactly <laughs> where they were, <laughs> what they were doing. Those kids weren't in any danger. The only danger was if that door opened the opposite direction. But it's not <laughs> about danger. What I was saying was, again, imagine if it was in the other direction, if it was the dude trying to play Madden. All I want to do to get through this day is to play a little bit of Madden and get some time to blow off some steam. Is, that's those societal expectations we talked about before. But it's not even about societal. It's about, like, I don't. I don't think if in it, this in this particular household, in my household, it's not Seema's got to cook and clean and I got to take bring home the bacon. Because if it was, I'd be derelict at my duties because I don't even have a job. <laughs> it's not like that. It's not the societal things. But if Seema was like, I got to go, I don't know, start my car and it's cold, can you watch Easton? And then I come in, she comes back in and Easton's on the couch crying and I'm in the kitchen. Like, I'm trying to make myself a bowl of cereal. Can I have to get make a bowl of cereal to get through the day? Am I wrong? Yes, I'm wrong. I had one job in that moment. It's and that a job standard. was to watch Easton. Easton is right there. on the. Let's say he's not even crying. He's right there on the couch, not crying, babbling like he does with trying to learn words. I'm still not doing what I'm supposed to do. That's Easton is over true. there. I'm in the kitchen. Everything is fine. But... I wasn't doing what I'm supposed to do, and I'm you're pretty sure exactly Simo will be upset. I'm, I'm pretty sure she'd be upset because I had one job. You weren't holding him. Watch Easton. You were. Can you see him from your kitchen? I can see him. If he rolls off the couch, if he rolls off the couch, then what happens? Contingency plan: put a pillow underneath. <laughs> I'm not, listen, wait, I sound like a bad dad. I would never. <laughs> I'm judging you. <laughs> I would. Don't let Easton stay leave. with Mike when I'm not home. <laughs> I would never leave a child who could roll off a couch on a couch, okay? But I'm just saying that there's different things that you could do. And you're absolutely right. If it was a guy, if everything that happened in that video was the other way around, you're absolutely right. It would be completely wrong. So that is that is true. But that's called a double standard. That's, ex- that's, that's all that is. Because if a dude posted that video, they'd be like, what a no good dad. Like, exactly. What a they'd be this, this deadbeat dad who all he cares about is playing Madden and whatever, whatever. Right. Right, like, and see, that's but that's also because is because society thinks and says that moms watch the children more than dads do. So what society would have said if they saw that if it was a dad was she asked you to watch that kid for two minutes and you couldn't do it. That's what they would say. But see, because it's a mom, we assume that she watches them all the time, every day, all day, anyway. And this was like really her. Escape. But even if it was, she watched them all day, every day. In this particular moment, she is tasked with watching the kids. And she does the exact opposite. She walks away from them because this Twizzler in her hand is more important to her than her kids in this moment. Mommy needed a break. Mommy can wait for a break until dad comes back in for shoveling snow. Maybe. I don't know how big their driveway was. I can't. <laughs> I can't say. Now, I think she said for two minutes. She 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 did, like, put it out there. Like, he'll be right back. Like, the way she made it sound. No, she didn't. She just said, dad's outside shoveling snow. And I need this I candy to get through the day. for two minutes. Uh, well, I'm just saying. I thought it was funny as hell, and I no, get it. I, I, it was it was also, funny too. It was funny until I realized, had that been me, it wouldn't have been funny. I think you feel guilty. I don't feel guilty whatsoever because I don't. That wouldn't be me. <laughs> I don't think that you can say. All right, it can't be you because you're a guy. But if that same thing happened, if it, if everything was reversed and it was Sema, would you still think it wasn't funny? I would think it wasn't funny because I would say the exact same thing. If that was me and you came in, you'd be pissed off at me. So that's because you keep putting yourself in that Yeah, because what else am I supposed to do? Was, but if it was Seema, would you be? Would you feel yeah, the yes. same way? Yes, if that video was Seema doing it, I would say that's not cool because if that was me, you'd be pissed off. Because I can't do it? That's why you would say it's not no, cool? No, it's not that I can't do it. It's to, to put it in, in the perspective of if that was me doing it, it was wrong. How, why is it not wrong for you doing it? I understand what society thinks. I understand what you're supposed, what it's supposed to be, or what they, what society assumes you as a woman should be doing or have been doing. But you, Sima, would look at this video and get pissed off that I'm not paying attention to the kids in this moment because it was my job to pay attention to the kids. So if you would think it's wrong when I do it, 
I think it's wrong when you do it. I get what you're saying, but I just think I don't know, man, because Hey, this we're we started this show months back talking about how we're breaking chains. I'm breaking the chains, I'm breaking the cycle of stereotypical roles, gender roles in a uh in a marriage. That's what pisses I mean, me off about this. You just I told you before, it's, it's not the, the stereotypical gender roles in this house. So, I'm not cool with a parent just saying, I don't feel like watching my kids right now. I feel like having a twist. Every parent's going to do that. It's going to happen. So, if you do it, gonna be don't put it on social media. There's going to, oh, oh, okay. So, as long as everyone thinks everything no, no, no. is cool. No, no, no. I still think okay. they will be wrong. But, she, my whole thing is she thinks it's okay to put it on social media. Because she's a mother. Because, exactly because like you said, the world's going to look at it and say, she probably was with them all day long. She probably worked a long day and then came home and they had to cook and clean or whatever it was. Or maybe a Sunday morning and she had to make the breakfast for the family and dad's going to go out there and shovel snow. And maybe she does need a break. Why doesn't dad need a break? Why can't mom go shovel the snow while dad gets a break? Because dads don't watch kids. Dad's out working and then they come okay. Societal. Okay. Dad's out working and they come home and they sit down and wait for mom to bring in a big piece of chicken. <laughs> Dads don't watch kids. That's why. Dad's job is to go out and shovel the driveway and take out the trash and make sure ain't no bears coming in and going through the stuff. It doesn't make it any any different, any better. That reminds me, on a on a small side note, I see these things on social media. People post about it, or there's even T shirts that say, I don't babysit. It's called parenting. And that's the thing that dads wear to talk about. Cause, cause, I don't know. Maybe. I hate. I hate those. I hate that saying because to me, it's a father asking for credit for being a parent. Uh, it's the opposite, though. I, I hate when I hear dads say, oh, I watch, like, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I got to watch my kids. You don't have like that. I hate that sentence from both parents, by the way. I have to watch no, my kids. Exactly, but that, that same hatred you have with that sentence, what if someone someone put that on a t-shirt because they're proud to say, I don't babysit my parent? Because if you really Wait, no, think, if you really did think that what you're doing is purely called parenting, you wouldn't even bring up the word babysit. But you but what you're no, looking I at it that, is you're saying, like you said, society thinks that as a dad, I don't watch my kids. So let me put this shirt on and tell them that not only do I watch my kids, but I don't consider babysitting. But you do consider it babysitting because you're asking for credit for not calling it babysitting. I don't think they're asking for credit. I So G hits me up, mm-hmm. right? Literally. G, single, young man, right? Lives on his mm-hmm. own, well, without his parents. And he says to me, yo, Mike, what you doing this weekend? You want to come bowling? Or you got the kids? I, I, G, I always have the kids. <laughs> they're mine. Like it's, it's it's we live in the same household. Like it's not we don't split custody. I always have the mm-hmm. kids. You get what I'm saying? So I would wear that shirt in front of G. Like, do you see this? I am parenting. Like this is what I do for a living. This is me right mm-hmm. here. This is it. Like, do you get what I'm saying? I think you're looking at it as where guys are like, yeah, I'm proud. I'm I'm always I'm a full time dad. Yeah, I think that's the way you're looking at it. I'm a full time dad. I'm not babysitting. Like, don't don't accuse me of babysitting. I'm a, I'm a full time dad. And like, G, wake up. Like, no, this isn't temporary. It's two different messages. I'm trying to see it your way, and I'm really putting in some thought into putting myself into your shoes. But I don't see if you if you really if you honestly thought I'm not saying you personally. If someone thought that what they're doing is if if they if they just had the kids, if they just it's me, my wife's out doing something, and the kids are with me. I'm not babysitting. I'm just right. with the kid. You wouldn't wear that shirt. I think a married, like us, we live in the same household with, with our women and our children. I don't think we should own that shirt because it should be expected by everyone we know. Even if, However, it's, even if it's not, even if it's a joint custody situation and it's your weekend to have the kids and your, the kids are at your house and you can't go kick it with the fellas because the kids are there, it's still you asking for credit for saying, look, I got the kids this weekend. I'm a super dad this weekend. And what don't don't call it babysitting because for this weekend I'm doing my job as a dad. I I guess. I can't I can't see what you're saying. People, hey listen, people. 
when y'all hear this, let us know who's right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Are these guys asking for credit? Yes or no? I don't think they are. Josh thinks they are. I don't think they are. They they definitely are. This is the Paternal Instinct Podcast. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. So, Josh, first tell people uh, the two different cultures, maybe three for you, um, that are represented in your household, and then what your plan is. If you have a plan at all. Some people just wing it. Seema is 100% Indian. Her parents are from India. They moved here. They moved all around. Her dad is a freaking nomad. He's been all over the world. But he's from India. They moved to the United States. And that's where Seema was born. She's born in Cleveland. I like I like to hold it over her head because it's a weird ass place to be born. <laughs> and then no live in New Jersey. Um my dad, your uncle, is he's black. And of course when you're when you're black in America and you're like your lineage only goes back to whenever they started keeping records after slaves or mm-hmm. I mean I tried to look back into our, our family history and all I can really find is I can't get any further than grandma's grandma or is it grandma's mom? I think no uh, I, I think it's grandma's mom I think and then my mother is Puerto Rican her mom was born in Puerto Rico She, my oh. mom was born in Germany because her dad was in the military but she's American wait your mom was born in Germany born in Germany? yeah your mom. My mom was born in Germany. My aunt. Your aunt was born in Germany. Shut up. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. You never knew that. I got a German aunt. <laughs> so I that's that's three. That. That's three cultures, and then, now I guess there's no one then. Three cultures. That um, German's the fourth one. That Easton is coming up on. And. There really, there isn't, we talked about it. We talked about, I don't know, holidays. We talked about different ways. We really talked about identification and how Easton will identify or how, really how we identify, you know. I identify as I'm black. I identify as Puerto Rican. I don't see myself more one than the other. I don't speak, I don't speak Spanish, but it doesn't make me feel less Puerto Rican, you know. Right. Um, they used to and used to piss me off. But go ahead. <laughs> used to what? Y'all used to speak Spanish or understand it. I know your mom used to say something to y'all, and I'd be like, "Oh, oh, you telling them where the snacks are? Because <laughs> I can't get none." Yeah, I still understand a decent amount, not as much as I would like to, but. And then Sima, she understands Hindi. Her parents speak Hindi, and they. They have their whole set of holidays and and I guess you could say culture. I don't know culture items, culture days. Let me let me stop you really quick. Do you guys separate culture from religion, or is it all the same to you guys? Well, that, so again, that's how we identify, right? So if you ask, if you look at our family, the family that we have in common, okay. they would they would make they would say culture is the religion. Their religion is a part of the culture, correct? I think the generation, two generations above us would. Yeah. I'm not sure that our parents feel that way, but. Not our parents, but the the family they grew up in. Yes. culture. Yes. Your religion is your culture. They they learn their morals from their religion. They learn their manners from their religion. Right. And like you said, our parents don't do that, and we don't do that. So... I don't want to say that Sima's family doesn't look as religion as their culture. They're they're a lot of them are heavily um, Jain. They're heavily into the Jain religion. Right. Mm-hmm. But Sima and I we separated. There's a religious okay. factor and then there's a cultural factor. And there's so many different cultures. I guess we're getting I'm getting kind of long winded here. There's so many different cultures that he can choose from, but we're not going to make him choose anything. We're not going to force more one thing right. on him. And not the other. We're going to let him grow up in exposed the wealth all. of all the cultures that he's exposed to. And right. then he can pick and choose what he wants, I guess. I mean, 
Seema's family, they, they celebrate Diwali, they celebrate um, Rocky, you know, a bunch of other things that there are no English equivalent. No, not that Rocky. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mike's over here throwing punches. punches. Like <laughs> There's a bunch of different things that are specifically in, the, in Seema's culture that are not in our culture. And I say right, it that way because right. like you can be religious in America and you can celebrate Christmas, or you can be non-religious in America if you, if you don't make the distinction. And there's there's still Christmas on both sides. There's right. things that are specifically Jain or specifically Hindu or specifically Indian that are in Seema's culture that are different from the culture that I grew up in, the cultures that okay. I grew up in. So we're going to expose him to all of that. And he can be all of that because that's who he is, you know? I mean, I... Mm-hmm. As a Puerto Rican and black person, there was Three Kings Day. There was a bunch of Day of the Dead. There's a bunch of different things that I was exposed to on one side. And then on the other side, I was exposed to way more things or way different things. And they just made me who I am. To this day, I don't right. take down my Christmas tree until after Three Kings Day, which is the Spanish uh, holiday in that time. And also, I used to um, open up a gift day before Christmas, which was also the um, kind of a compromise between the Spanish thing because in the Spanish culture, they open the Christmas gifts Christmas Eve. So we did one gift on Christmas Eve, the rest of the gifts on Christmas, and then trees and decorations stay up until after the King's Day. So that was just interesting. the way that I was brought up was experiencing all the cultures at the same time. And for me, it right. wasn't, it didn't feel like two cultures. It felt like my life. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It felt like this is what I do. This is what my family does. This is who I am. This is what we're going to do. So right. it's probably going to feel the same way for Easton. We're going to we're gonna celebrate. There's so much more. But he's not going to know it's more. He's just going to know it's Exactly. I didn't know that so I was I having it. two cultures. Right. I just thought that my mom said we should do this. My dad said we should do this. My grandmother said we should do this. And we do these things every single year on this day. And this is just how we do it. That's so cool. <laughs> So That's it's so going to cool. be the same thing with Easton. I mean, there's there's things, uh, there's things a part of Seema's culture that I do as well. Like certain prayers during certain times. Like when we moved into this house, the family did a prayer over the house. Mm-hmm. That's not something that I would do separate from this culture, but it's going to be something that I do for the rest of my life because that's the culture of our family. There's certain holidays, Diwali, that, that I don't know about. I never knew. I mean, I knew that that it existed. I just didn't know what it was about. Right. And I get you. There's actually my sister-in-law brought us a book, us really for Easton, but me too, reading it, explaining what Diwali is about. I'm learning about what the holiday is about and how it's different things to different parts of the Indian culture that Easton is now going to learn about. And as he's learning it, as I'm teaching it to him, I'm learning it as well. Because, again, it's our family. It's our culture. So I guess right. what maybe it's different because you maybe you consider yourself one culture. I don't know how you consider yourself. I consider I mean I understand in retrospect that I grew up in a wealth of different cultures. And I just never thought about it as being two separate things. So I don't think that we're going to bring up Easton in a way that it's going to be two separate things. It's okay. going to be this is just what we do. You know? Cool. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I trust me. I get it. I get it. So, I mean, that's really all I wanted to know. I just wanted to know, like, what your guys' plan was. And it's pretty much, we're going to live life the way we were brought up, and he's going to live his life the way he's brought up, mm-hmm. which is all of the above. Yeah. It's cool. Wait till his time for him to check a box on something. Oh, I can't wait. Me. We already had to check a box for him on, well, I don't know, if it was like healthcare or something. I get I get mad myself because I want to check two boxes. Recently, they've been doing thing that says, uh, check here if it's two or more of the above races. And oh. that still doesn't, I still don't like that because I can't check black and Puerto Rican. That, that just right. says two or more. So that could be white and Asian. That could be right. black and Puerto Rican. <laughs> it could be anything. But all I have to check is two or more. And I can't represent for the people who, right. who I am, you know? Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. It's a little frustrating. It's very frustrating. Don't dwell on it too much, man. Don't dwell on it too much, man. You are who you are. Okay, <laughs> you just live in life, like you said. What, what, That's exciting, though, man. When I mean, he goes to I check a box, though, diverse. Say what? What was? What did you say? I said when he goes to check a box, though, for the first time, 
I feel like we're, we're gonna have to have a whole like family conversation, like one of those after school special conversations. <laughs> Here, sit down, son. Yeah. Mommy and dad have to explain to you something to you. <laughs> I knew I was adopted. <laughs> That's what's up. The whole time you were talking, I wanted you to throw in the Forrest Gump line, aren't I going to be me? <laughs> I feel like every episode we got a Forrest Gump quote in there. Probably. Um, but yeah, so that's really it. I mean, and then we got one more thing I want to talk about before we get out of here. And this is uh, something that you want to bring up, right? I thought we were going to do uh, the thing from your kids next. Oh, that's right. Okay, wait. So let me talk about the culture in my house. (laughs) The culture in my house is hearing kids say stuff that they didn't really say. And I want to make this quick. So my daughter and my son are upstairs. My oldest daughter and my son are upstairs playing. And the baby's down here. Right now or when when this event is happening? Huh? I didn't hear you. You were saying your daughter and your son are upstairs. Upstairs right now or are you telling us a story? No, no, I'm telling you guys a story. Okay. Yeah, so this is the other day. They're upstairs playing, and we're downstairs in the living room. And I hear them going back and forth. I hear them, you know, I, I can't really tell what they're saying. And all I'm going to tell you guys what I heard, and then I'll explain. Mm-hmm. So the, the the two of them, the two oldest are back going back and forth. Uh, 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 no, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. And then I hear my daughter say, you're a pussy. And then she comes downstairs, smiling, all happy. I'm like, she has to know what she just said. <laughs> and my my children are the types where they'll do something bad and they will come and tell on themselves. <laughs> so that's what I was expecting. I heard the footsteps coming down the steps, but then I heard the humming and the singing. It was that I'm loud like, that can't... you heard that word from downstairs? Yes. Yes. Like, she said it with emphasis. Like, you're a pussy. And I'm like... Yo, I'm about to get in trouble. Like, <laughs> I don't even say that word, but I'm like, she had to get it from me because my wife don't say it. <laughs> I felt guilty. I was nervous. She come down the steps, and I'm like, all right, I know she's about to tell on herself, like, or or he's going to tell on her. I hear the footsteps coming down the steps. She comes around the corner humming and singing, her hair bouncing and everything, just as juvenile as she could be. I said, what did you just say to your brother? She was like, you're a pussycat. I'm like, did y'all hear cat? It's two other adults in the room. I said, did y'all hear cat? They were like, no, but she had to say it. Like the way she just, you know, said it nonchalant. Mm-hmm. And they have books here that say pussycat and like nursery rhymes. That's where they, you know, yeah. that's where they get it from. Cool. Let it go. We laugh it off. You know, we have a really good laugh at it. <clears throat> Fast forward to the next morning. Okay. I'm in bed. And again, my daughter got this fever she's been battling so she's been sleeping in our bed because her temperature is getting up so high so when her fever is not there she's a little more conversational with the both of us as opposed to being up stuck up on mommy and she crawls over to me and she like dead up like she crawls to me she looks me right in my face and says wake up pussy boy what that is ex- that's exactly what she said. Do you do there you, was have, no... you tell her nursery rhymes with the word pussy boy in it? Listen, the on- I tried to justify it, okay? And this is what I came up with. There was three things. One, she just turned two, so she don't really know what she's saying. That's not a real excuse, okay? <laughs> Number two, she has a fever and she is hallucinating. She know better than to talk to me like that. <laughs> <laughs> but number three was a real excuse. I've heard them say like pussy cat, so then they say, Oh, pussy dog. I'm thinking she looked at me instead of saying like pussy boy, pussy man, pussy dad type of thing. I don't think they think <laughs> <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Not one I know bit, it sounds stupid. Go ahead and tell the story. No, I know it sounds crazy, but you have to think like a child. Like they hear pussy cat and they also know what a cat is. So whatever pussy is, you could just attach it to something. Octopussy. Like I ain't that you know, like big pussy. That's what the dude's name was, right? These are the bad guys, right? So I'm thinking that she was just, wake up, pussy boy, because, you know, pussy cat is the thing. And she was down there with us. This is the thing. So she was downstairs with us when we all reacted to Zara saying what we thought was, you're a pussy. Mm-hmm. She was down there. And she wants to do everything her sister does. I felt like that was her first opportunity to try to do it. When she was feeling to get better. the same reaction out of you guys, yes, 
She almost lost a couple of teeth that she had though. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so that that's the culture in my house is uh, trying to make sure our children aren't. Wait, wait, wait! wait. How did you how did you handle that? What did you say to them? So with Zara, it was oh okay because she said that I said pussycat. Not going to yell at her, you know, like she she wasn't calling him a pussy. She was calling him a pussycat. Mm -hmm. They were upstairs playing. They pretend to be animals all the time. And then with the baby, my wife was like, "You can't say that." Like that's that's not nice. You can't say pussy boy. It's pussy cat, or you don't say it at all. Like that's it. So, so and then that, that was she, okay. That was what I was, was gonna, gonna get at because I'm sure as a, as a kid, as soon as you're told that you can't say this, you probably you right. know that this is a word that I can say and get a reaction. It's probably negative, right? But it will get a reaction. So right. that's why we didn't make a big deal about it. So so you didn't say you can't say the word pussy something. No, we said you said that's not nice. You don't say pussy boy like you say pussy cat, or you don't say it at all. She's like okay, like we didn't like we didn't laugh, we didn't overreact to it or whatever because it was so, you know. I, I was, she was literally waking me up that way, mm-hmm. so I was still like no, that's not like really, <laughs> so not that big of a deal. That's fun. She's gonna say it again, and then you're gonna have a hard time not getting mad. She better not. She's testing the wrong one. She gonna learn today. She gonna learn today. All right, I think I think we could about wrap it up today on on today's episode. I had another topic I wanted to talk about that I'd like to get into, but we'll save it for next week. I still think you should. We'll save it for next week, though. Oh, fine. Ruining my fun. <laughs> oh, that wasn't how it was supposed to work. Nope. We're still working out this new way to record the show. So we got some technical difficulties, but we're getting better. We'll get that right out of there. Nobody's going to hear this or that part either. So. <laughs> we're going to start the ending right now. Ready? Here we go. Boom. Well, I think I hear my son crying right now. So this show is about to be over. <laughs> oh, it's really over, y'all. So listen, thanks for listening, everybody. Check us out on iTunes, uh, on SoundCloud. Do us a favor. If you like the show, leave us some feedback, yeah. please. Leave a comment. Leave a rating. Leave some good and love. And then tell somebody else about good us loving. also. All right. And again, if you guys need to talk to us, all right, back to the very beginning of all this, if you guys need to talk to us, you know how to reach us, all right, you can shoot us an email to paternalinstinctpodcast talk at to us, Talk to someone. Talk to a friend. Just don't feel like yeah. you have to be boxed in and keep this That's to right. yourself. That's right. No need to keep stuff bottled up, all right? 2017, people. Let's open up. New year, new you. <laughs> See you next week, say? everyone. All right. I'm out of here.